Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, January 4th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's the first gold wrap of 2019. I hope everybody had a fantastic New Year's holiday. We certainly did. 2019 started with a bang for gold. The yellow metal briefly touched $1,300 overnight before retreating this morning. We're currently trading in the 1290 to 1292 range. The price of gold actually hit a six and a half month peak this week. Concerns about an economic slowdown gripped global markets and fueled demand for safe haven bullion. Volatility continues to be the theme for the stock markets. The year started with a nice upward trend, but yesterday was a bloodbath. Apple warned it will miss revenue estimates by a significant margin, mainly due to a drop in iPhone sales in China. That intensified broader worries about slowing global economic and corporate growth. The Dow tumbled 660 points on Thursday. That was a 2.8% decline. The Nasdaq plummeted 3%, closing back in bear market territory. And the S&P 500 shed 2.5%. The market ended near the lows of the day. Yesterday's Wall Street carnage underscores something Peter Schiff talked about a couple of weeks ago in one of his podcasts. When you're in a bear market, pretty much any little thing will set off a broad-based sell-off. The market is looking for a reason to drop. I mean, yeah, Apple missing revenue estimates isn't good news, but does it really warrant a 660-point drop in the Dow? Under normal circumstances, probably not, but when you're in a bear market, this kind of news is going to create panic. But there were also more signs of broader economic problems here in the U.S. Thursday, we got the biggest one-month decline in U.S. factory activity since the Great Recession. The closely watched ISM manufacturing index tumbled to a two-year low. Analysts say this is further evidence of slowing growth and pain from the U.S.-China trade war. ISM said manufacturing activity is still growing, but suffered a, quote, sharp decline last month. Like I said, volatility is the name of the game. I suspect you're going to continue to see these kind of wild mood swings on Wall Street as we move into the new year. Now, things are set up for a little brighter day today. Stock futures are up and markets are humming along overseas. Today, we're being optimistic about progress on the trade war. Now, I've talked about this absurd yo-yo that we've seen over the last several months. It seems like everyday sentiment on the trade war changes. So today, the news is good because it looks like planned trade talks between Washington and Beijing will actually take place next week. Now, Who knows what kind of news we're going to get once that's all said and done. China also announced new economic stimulus measures ahead of the trade talks. The People's Bank of China cut a key lending rate. In other words, the Chinese get a little more easy money punch for their party. Have you ever stopped to think about how absurd it is that these central bankers think they can micromanage interest rates? And really, these people actually think they're smart enough to run an economy. Talk about conceit. Think about it. How do a few guys at the People's Bank of China know that right now is precisely the time to cut a lending rate a specific amount? The answer is they don't. 
I mean, they probably could give you a rationale, but there is so much missing from their analysis because there is no way a person or even a group of people, no matter how smart they think they are or they actually might be, there's no way they can actually take into account all of the factors meshing together in a complex economy. It's like trying to work an algebra problem with a few factors missing. It's absolutely impossible. I can't even plan my day without things going sideways. And these people want to plan and micromanage a global economy, or at least a national economy. It's beyond absurd. As economist F.A. Hayek said, if we possess all the relevant information, if we can start out from a given system of preferences, and if we command complete knowledge of available means, the problem which remains is purely one of logic. But here's the thing, we don't have any of those things. Hayek went on to write, This, however, is emphatically not the economic problem which society faces. And the economic calculus which we have developed to solve this logical problem, though an important step toward the solution of the economic problem of society, does not provide an answer to it. The reason for this is that the data from which the economic calculus starts are never for the whole society given to a single mind, which could work out the implications and can never be so given. In other words, no person can know everything they need to know to run an economy. I don't care if you have a PhD in economics. I don't care if you're a chair at the central bank. You can't do it. Of course, that's not going to stop these central planners from trying. Like I said, it's all conceit, fatal conceit at that. Speaking of conceited central bankers, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is slated to speak on Friday in Atlanta alongside former Fed Chairs Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke. Talk about a Keynesian barn burner, right? This will undoubtedly have a major impact on markets this afternoon and probably heading into next week. His speech will follow on the heels of the latest employment data, which is scheduled to come out this morning. Now, if Powell comes out with a hawkish tone, and he talks about continuing this rate height trajectory into 2019. Supported by firmer wage growth and stronger than expected job creation data, we'll likely see more stock market tanking. On the other hand, if he comes out a little bit more dovish, then that may boost markets. Now, interestingly, bond markets don't seem to think Powell and company will execute its planned 2019 hikes. In fact, they're pricing in a 40% chance of a rate cut between now and the end of the year, according to Fed Fund's future prices. I think that's pretty likely, too, because if we're going to be in, or at least on the cusp of, a recession, I don't think the central bankers will have the guts to keep pushing rates up if the economy is clearly tanking, if the stock market keeps dropping. I'm with Peter Schiff on this. The Fed is going to reverse course at some point in the near future and try to save the stock market. We're going to see rate cuts. We're going to see quantitative easing. But here's the thing. It's too late. They aren't going to be able to blow this bubble back up again. So are you ready for it? I don't really think many people are because it was not a great year for the gold business. Here's just one example. The sales of American Eagle gold and silver coins were the lowest level since 2007, according to the U.S. Mint. Interesting that the last time sales were this low was right before the Great Recession, isn't it? People don't buy gold and silver when they think the economy is booming. When things go south, then everybody wants it. Of course, at that point, it's going to cost you. 
But if you look at the correlation between stocks and gold, it becomes pretty clear that you do want to own the yellow metal in your portfolio, especially when times get tough. Here's some interesting data for you, and I got all of these numbers from a Forbes article. U.S. stocks just logged their worst year since 2008, and it was the worst December on Wall Street since 1938. Fears sparked by the trade war, ballooning debt. I'm going to put a link to an article about debt in the show notes page that you'll want to check out. And the end of accommodative central bank policy, the silly government shutdown, all of this unsettled investors. And yes, by the way, the government is still closed in case you didn't notice. Anyway, against this backdrop, the price of gold rallied late in 2018, reversing a trend of negative returns and weak investor demand that prevailed for most of the year. If you look at December, the S&P 500 dropped 9.18%. Gold went in the other direction, gaining 4.93%. And that was even with the headwinds of a Fed rate increase that conventional wisdom would tell you should have pushed the price of gold down. So let's back things out a bit. In Q4 of 2018, the S&P 500 dropped 13.97%. On the flip side, gold was up a healthy 7.5%. Remember, the markets really started to tank back in October. So if you have gold in your portfolio, you didn't feel nearly as much pain as those who have spurned the yellow metal. But like I said, a lot of people have basically ignored gold and silver this year, as evidenced by the aforementioned sale of American Eagle gold and silver coins. So back to the relationship between gold and the stock market. If we look at 2018 as a whole, both the S&P 500 and gold were down, but the yellow metal still outperformed the S&P. Gold was down 1.55% on the year, while the S&P 500 was off by 6.24%. So here's what's really interesting to to me. Despite what most people consider a stock market boom over the last couple of years, gold has actually outperformed the S&P 500 since the turn of the century. Gold is up 345.39% versus a 70.62% increase in the stock market. That's since December 31st, 1999. So here's the thing. This really shouldn't shouldn't surprise us. The yellow metal has historically had a strong negative correlation with the stock market. Now that the market is volatile, to say the least, people are starting to turn to gold. If you think back a few months, you'll probably remember me saying that you should have been buying gold then because it was basically on sale. Well, it looks like that sale is starting to come to an end. If you've been thinking about investing in precious metals, you might want to act now. Call a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist at 1-888-GOLD-160 today and find out how gold can help hedge your portfolio and potentially preserve your wealth in the turmoil that appears to be right on the horizon. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. You'll also want to check out the latest It's Your Dime interview. I posted it this week. I'll put a link in the show notes page. I talked to Michael Bolden, the founder and executive director of the 10th Amendment Center. We talk about the 10th Amendment, the Constitution, and how state nullification can actually help roll back overreaching federal power. It's a great discussion. 
If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links to both of those on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We always love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening, and I will be back to talk to you again next week.